This is Bibliovile, where a roommate gets a wife and her husband the worst books she can find. For this episode of Bibliovile, Nick read The Very Worst Missionary, a memoir or whatever, by Jamie Wright, and I read Lois Richards, The Cowboy's Easter Family Wish. And Lauren's here too! This is Bibliovile, the Terrible Book Exchange Podcast. My name is Mick Dickinson. I'm Susan Dickinson. I'm their roommate, Lauren. And we are here to bring you the worst books that Lauren found in a little free library up until this point. We are here with two thematically inclined books, I would say, Susan. Yeah, um, Lauren, did you go into this wanting to choose this particular theme, or did it just happen to you? Um, as Jesus does. <laughs> it just came to me. It just came. It's It just came. Just came Unlike Joseph. Just Jesus. Oh, no. <laughs> Not Joseph. Poor Mary. Poor, poor Mary. Well, womp, womp. Poor Joseph. <laughs> Uh, we are here to bring you the two worst books that we could find. I'm going to say I read mine in a record amount of time. And you finished it. Incredible. Truly a feat of endurance on your part, finishing this less than 200 page book. I feel drastically attacked. <laughs> Good. This is the first book you finished in like six weeks. That's Nicholas. That's, that's two other books I'll have everybody know. Lauren, uh, given your long history listening to Bibliovile, what would you say really you're hoping to accomplish here? I honestly, since I haven't read these books, I cannot wait to hear what they're about. Um, the descriptions were just, just terrible. The titles were worse. The titles were um, indeed I, worse. I just cannot wait to just delve right in and understand the the inner workings of these characters, whose names I don't even know. Yeah, indeed. Susan's title is, I have to say, much worse. <laughs> it's horrible. The Cowboys Easter <laughs> Family Wish. I'll say it again. The Cowboys. Two. Easter. Three. Family. Four. Wish. Five. Five different articles that are like five different <laughs> items. East, is it like, is it an Easter family? Is it a family wish? A Cowboys family. Is it a Cowboys Easter? Like, is mm. the holiday Cowboys Easter and well, not howdy, just Easter? Well, howdy, the bunny. Yeah. I done say the rock's been moved away. Indeed. Rejoice, rejoice. He lives. All right. Uh, We're getting mine. some bad scripture quoting. Don't you worry. In your book or me quoting from memory? Can you quote scripture from memory? Hell, uh, so God so Lauren and I were oh. Lauren and I were Catholic. We didn't read the Bible. Yeah, yeah. perks of being um, Catholic. What's he is risen? That's what it he is. is. He's he is risen, risen indeed. indeed. Listen, um, oh. okay. Methodists enjoy saying that as a call and response on Easter. So the first time I spent Easter with Mick's family, I walked in the door and his mom goes, "Happy Easter! He is risen!" And I just went. Happy Easter! And looked panicked. (laughs) Yep. Okay, you want to talk about some call and response ass shit where you feel left out? Catholics. Let's talk about (laughs) me me going to Catholic. And other Catholics going to Catholic churches. Yeah, I was going to say, it's not that, like, being a new Catholic can't be nearly as bad as being an old Catholic and then not going to church for, like, Eight to ten years. And also with you. <laughs> and huh? with your spirit. Huh? They changed church. And then everyone knows because it's been changed for like four or five years mm-hmm. and you had no idea. Yeah, well, just do what I do and number one, don't, don't talk go. out loud. Number two, <laughs> don't go to church. Don't my father was very pleased when uh, Mick and my brother-in-law Matt joined the family because it gave him an excuse to not go to church anymore when the family is all together. Um, he likes excuses to not go to church. And so now on, uh, on now on Christmas Eve, Mick and Matt have to stay home to watch the dogs. It's yes. very important. We can't leave them alone. And then Dad mm-hmm. has to stay home to watch the boys. Exactly. They can't be left alone. <laughs> the Amazon they TV. They can't be left alone either. The Amazon TV original, The Boys. Yeah. All right. So this, I hope, episode is not going to be completely contrary to a faith that many people hold very dear. Uh, but Lauren had a, a similar theme, and it's not really her fault, because apparently from what you say, the, the, the little free library had a theme. 
Yeah. It did. I, I would say conservatively 90% of the books. Conservatively is right. In the Little Free <laughs> Library were Jesus related. And so there were not too many options. And I will say, like, we're not trying to, like, crash anybody's faith here or be rude about anything. We are going to be rude about some bad books, though. That's kind of the whole are point. Are we, though? Ooh, are we? Oh, my gosh. Did you just really love yours? Tell me all about whoever wrote the Little the the little Free Missionary. <laughs> I want to be like the rest. I don't know any songs from The Little Mermaid, unfortunately. Under the Sea, Rice. Christ. Right. Nah. <laughs> Listen. Linda. Seance. No, seances aren't a Christian thing. Whatever. I'll hop into it. Um, it's also I- seance. See. Uh, <laughs> There's something here. There's something there, and I can't find it right now. Okay. I want to be where the missionaries are. I want to be where the angels are. Um, I had The Very Worst Missionary by Jamie Wright. And if I had to tell you that Jamie Wright is a writer and speaker best known for her snarky faith oh, and no. lifestyle blog, Jamie, The Very Worst Missionary. And as an, she is an advocate for missions reform and humanitarian aid, and she has spoken at churches, nonprofits, and universities around the world. She, get this, quirky, procrastinates in Northern California where she lives with her family, two dogs, and an evil cat. So she's quirky she's and very, snarky. She's, she's very quirky. Quirky and snarky. And of course, at a Christian who is quirky and snarky, her hair is formed in the shape of... A cross. No, weird. <laughs> I don't know. What's a quirky... What is her hair formula? Bangs, 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 bangs. bangs. Think, think Zoe Deschanel. This, this... Quirky queen. This book has bangs. Not and o- Zoe Deschanel! Not <laughs> only... Christian Girl Autumn. It's Christian Girl Christian Autumn, Girl baby. Autumn. She's pregnant. She is. She's she having a baby. Mm-hmm. Oh, Zoe Deschanel. No, oh, this the, lady. the girl from she Christian gets... Girl... Christian Girl Autumn. Oh, that's a on whole the Instagram other, thing. Yeah, that's yeah. a whole other thing. This this woman had babies like that 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 and I all love of it them. When that happens for uh, all of them before twenty six, despite her best efforts. Despite her best efforts. Yeah. Um, well, things don't go the way that you want them to, despite a lot of our best efforts when it comes to babies. So Jamie wrote a book called The Very Worst Missionary, and before I read it, I laid down several uh, bits of bits of uh, information, which turned out to be true and also not true at the same time. That this book has a Tinder profile that's for blowies only. (laughs) (laughs) And it features a skinny black kid in the profile picture. Excellent. Uh, This book is hot, but you just sort of know that it's bad at sex. Uh, And then this book says it has a drinking problem at 16. But yeah, I guess pretending to be drunk after two white claws is a bit of a problem. Uh, all of those turned out to be very true, but also in the, in the not so good of way, because get this, it's not a bad book, you guys. No! It's not terrible. It's not the worst, worst missionary. So this book, uh, begins trying to set itself up as, yeah, I'm that, maybe I should go. Cool girl missionary? Cool cool girl missionary, cool girl. You, you get like, what I'm think like mega church with the rock bands. Well, here's the thing is that it begins on trying to do up the, its bona fides as sort of like the awkward youth pastor. And then it carries through in being like a bona fides. Yes, I did that on purpose. Oh, that okay. It's like, you know, yeah, it's okay. full of itself. So it's, okay. it's bona fides. Oh, okay. This is a, this is a joke that is made. I pronounce words wrong a lot, so I want to make sure that Susan knows I actually did mean to mispronounce this word. Yeah, Susan. Yeah, Susan. Um, The thing about this book is it starts off being like, hey, get this. Fuck. It's like, oh, did (gasps) I just... Oh, no, she said a swear. Did I just blow your mind? And to be fair, it's like, didn't expect you to say fuck in this book. Um, And so this book is... and It's the subtitle that really got me... A uh, um, a memoir, or whatever, or whatever, and well, it's, it's, she's quirky. Yeah, because she's quirky, or whatever. I don't even care. She the forward is like this book's gonna suck. So and it's like cool dog, but like for real though, just start writing the book, please. 
Um, the thing that's a problem is that it's pretty good because I have a snarky couple jokes at the beginning and then I have a snarky joke as it's entering. Ooh, she's a sweary Christian. And then she mentions that her faith took a turn when a gecko climbed up her leg and appeared in her underwear because she went to Costa Rica as like a missionary. And she refers to her vagina as the land of milk and honey. And I had to admit, okay, land of milk and honey is pretty good. Mm -hmm. That's pretty funny. I'm going to steal that. And so the fact that (laughs) I had several pre-read snarkiness, one during the read snarkiness, and then I immediately had to be like, okay. All right. That's pretty good. Uh, Was a sign of thanks to come because it was not, it was not terrible. Um... She tells, it's her memoir or whatever, and so we get the the image, or the story of her being adopted, or no, she's grown into a family, and then the family's just sort of like, we're Jewish, which is a really weird thing for a family to convert to Judaism. I think it probably was made easier by the fact that they had a daughter and not a son, given the whole circumcision thing yeah uh but she grew up going to temple and going to jewish school jewish private schools it it is kind of hinted at that she grew up relatively like wealthy privileged ish Mm. if not rich but like private school right and then several more kids were gotten to the family so she had to leave and so she credits this quite concretely with the idea of of god as a sort of distant figure Mm -hmm. of god as a sort of rule maker and it's like hey you're figuring it out, but here are the rules. Mm-hmm. And she ties it really well thesis-wise into the rest of the book because she figures if she had grown up, you know, evangelical from the start, then it would have been come to Sunday school and put, you know, cotton balls on the sheep that represents Jesus or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's, and she would have fallen out of it. And so it's kind of funny how she ties her life experiences into the positive element of faith in that she did not meet the shitty Sunday school God, she met the adult God that is willing to work with you. Yeah. And that's what she goes with a lot, is that God's willing to work with you. All right. And as a person who is, uh, if I had to sum up my faith, I'd have to say that I'm really sort of a... But... Yes, that one. Really, when I come into it, it's... I'm not good with... I was telling Susan this earlier today. Earlier this week, I should say. That... You know how many people say they're looking for something that's bigger than themselves? That's my worst nightmare. I hate things that are bigger than myself. And that sounds really self-centered, but it's like, I don't sing in the middle of other people singing. I don't chant in the middle of protests, no matter how much I agree with them. Like, I just don't do what the people around me are doing. He didn't join a single student organization in college. I just can't do it. And so I really kind of felt for her being like, if I had been roped into this, I probably wouldn't have done it. But I found it, and so therefore it's mine. And I know, Michelle and other listeners, thank you for now joking about how anything that I've recommended is automatically terrible. Lauren and I were just talking about this mm-hmm. today. It's Fantastically. Uh, <laughs> so she references herself as the meanest of mean girls because she got drunk and lost her virginity at a house party as she grows up. Uh, she is, uh, you know, the wild child who's pretending to be wilder than she actually is just to be somebody. Yeah. It's the classic sort of youth pastor story. Um, and so there was one thing that was, this book made it difficult. I was so used to our bad books saying what they meant and meaning what they said. And this book did a good job of, of explaining how she felt at the time. I can't, I don't like memoirs. You know that about me. I do. And so I can't say if she actually thought this at the time. I doubt it. But, you know, it did a good job of saying like, this is what 16 year old me might have thought or yeah. whatever. And so a lot of times it said a shitty thing and then came back 20 pages later and said, what a shitty thing for me to think, huh? Mm-hmm. And so that's like really good and reflective of her. But I do have to shout out. Uh, she's 15. Uh, and so she she is out of the Judaism house who just suddenly decides to stop being Jewish, gets a Christmas tree at one point and starts saying, yeah, whatever. Um, and so she writes, there was nowhere I needed to be and no one I needed to be with. She takes the GED, drops out of high school at 15. Okay. Dro- doesn't drop out, graduates, quote unquote, the high school at 15, which is, I no, I, that's too long of a conversation. 
There was nowhere I needed to be and no one I needed to be with. I had no real God. I observed no moral code. I knew no intrinsic worth. And it's like, hmm, those aren't the same thing. Yeah. Like, this started grossing me out. Like, that's, I, she does come back and kind of say that God uses you as you are in your best way. He makes you who you are. and The capital H, he makes you who you are. And so, therefore, the, the, the who you are is the best way for you to be. Mm-hmm. So, there's a little bit of an argument. But if I was her secular editor, I'd still be like, mm, yeah, but you have intrinsic work worth without a faith. Yeah. And so I wasn't so crazy about that. Um, and so she goes off and has a bunch of promiscuous sex and eventually gets knocked up by a man named Steve. Steve. I think she has either changed her husband's name or the fact that he has appeared in her blog means that that's her actual husband's name. And she's talking about being un. Unpro- she's talking about getting uh, pregnant through this guy. And for a split second, I thought it'd be the perfect youth pastor story, and that she had an abortion, and, and then be like, "Oh, it was the worst mistake of my life." She has the kid, which is the second most mm-hmm. youth pastor story there mm-hmm. is, uh, and ends up marrying the guy as a teen. Uh, what's very funny, she talks about all the car sex they had. Like we had. <laughs> A lot of car sex because neither of them are particularly religious. And so I kind of appreciated that. And the very worst missionary might apply to sex in a car. (laughs) Um, And so uh, if you had to guess one sport for this dad, uh, teen dad to play, he, of course, in high school and college played baseball. No, football. football. You're from Western Iowa. That's all. That's amazing. He played football. Football. Um, it goes into their marriage together and it talks about how having a lot of sex and having a kid doesn't make you the best of partners, which true, but it also talks about how marriage is, and I quote, fucking hard. And it's like marriage is work and Mm -hmm. you have to choose each other and you have to be intentional about choosing each other. But if you're talking about like, yeah, this shit sucks (laughs) and we got through it somehow, I don't know. You have to be like, (laughs) like maybe it's because we don't have children or something, but like, I don't think it's supposed to be quote fucking hard and quote. Yeah. That's not the best sort of way of going about it. No, I don't, I don't know that that's great. Yeah. It's not great. I have to say that this book was easy to read because it had magic treehouse uh, margins. Like it is a column of, of text. It is not a page of text. It's a column. At one point she talks about, uh, she shows up to church after they've had several kids. They're living in white suburbia and it's just not fucking for her. And she's very honest about this sort of thing. And she's like, I needed, she's kind of, uh, even early kind of talking to her, her needs mentally that mm. she grew up without a lot of support. And so she needed someone to love her, right? She needed someone to love her and tell her that she was worth it. And so she start, tried to find it in her husband, baby daddy. Uh, and didn't wasn't really finding it because her husband needed to uh, be accoladed because he was this football guy or whatever. Like he didn't get it from his family, so he needed to be accoladed from others. Which was like at this point at page fifty eight, I was still not really sure about this book. So I'm like, okay, that's very honest of you, like distrusting squinty eyes. Yeah. And then she says like that's what I found in this suburban church was that people were willing to love me and tell me that I was really great or whatever. Words of affirmation is also my love language. So uh, I, I love that about you. You're, <laughs> you're so fantastic, Lauren. Thank you. I accept all of that. Uh, our you. love language is physical touch, which everyone Shocking. which everyone hears as doing it, but we're like, no, it's actually it's like cuddling. it's cuddling. <laughs> like, it's not. It's not doing it. It's it cuddling. Is sleeping smushed together every yeah. night. Um, so anyway, yeah, <laughs> physical touch. Everyone kind of looks at each other. It's like boning but it's like nah no boning's good or whatever spooning spooning <laughs> as anyway. roommate i would say it does go beyond that with smooching smooching you've never yes. heard us do it no i've never heard you do it because we haven't done it while you're home <laughs> <laughs> they just smooch okay this is weird to have an smooching. i'm gonna admit it's a weird to have an adult roommate because college roommates would be like uh, screw it 
let's do it really loudly. <laughs> and then adult roommates are like, she has work in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> hey, her new AirPods are noise canceling. My new AirPods are noise canceling. I'm learning this now. <laughs> I just got them. After a, uh, a rough week. <laughs> All right, she says. This is still, by the way, as I'm not sure about this book, as a straight, white, middle-class, stay-at-home mom, I was an ideal fit for the suburban church. Hmm. I mean, it was almost like the church was made for someone just like me. Hmm. What? But here's the thing. I like that she recognizes that. Yeah, here's the thing. She's being sarcastic. Like, yes, this this is not a, a real church. Like... And now I'm going to kind of, I'm going to dip out of the book. She says it's no place, this church is no place for whores and hobos. And I was like, um, actually, sorry to tell you about Jesus for real though. And then in the rest of the book, she's like, uh, by the way, Jesus was all about whores and hobos. And I'm like, shit. Yeah. <laughs> and so I tried to get all right. This book for real, I'm, I am honestly probably going to cast this aside for now. Like I'm not going to quote anymore. It's really honest about like. And I felt for it in a very specific way. I'm not particularly faithful. As I said, my faith journey has been the whole. But um, I actually a... don't even know if your parents know what your religious beliefs are. Why would you say that? Am I some sort of protective over them? But uh, <laughs> as a person, I really pride myself on critical thinking and being willing to raise my hand and say, yeah, but what about this in a, in the middle of a room where a lot of people are agreeing. And that's what she keeps finding is she goes to the suburban church with everybody with the Karen haircut and goes to a Bible study. And in the mom group where the moms are basically most of them are looking for a reason to get babysitting for free. And then they go read the Bible and eat coffee or drink coffee and eat big goods and are just moms together. And that's yeah. very good. And that's like, yes, that is what church is amazing at. That's what it's great for. And I love churches for that. But her like uber religious, uh, like uber, you know, perfect church mom suggests a book. And it's all about like submitting to your husband and doing what he needs. And if he cheats, put on some pretty underwear and like that sort of shit. And she says like, that's when I stopped being a good Christian because the good Christian just says yes and sits and stays is her thing. Yeah. And so I, I started speaking up and saying that's that's bullshit. And everyone looked at me like I, you know, because she said bullshit in a church. Yeah. And so it's like, hell yes. And I started getting on this lady's side. I have to read one because I had to admit that like at a certain point, she does sort of overlook something. She's like, we're not really wealthy, but we, my husband was working for the police department <laughs> uh, and I was staying at home with the kids and we lived in a suburb and we weren't wealthy. It's like, honey, if you were getting what you're describing on one salary, you were pretty wealthy. You were doing okay. You were, and she's probably would say, yes, you're right to that, to be fair, but still. Um, and it's at this point when my notes stopped, I started folding over, but my notes stopped at page 76 when she says, this is about the mom group. I went every week, and when I walked into the room, I knew without a doubt I was surrounded by my people. Chicken, or, sorry, it comes up later. Women with spit-up stains on their shoulders and chicken nugget chunks in their hair. Like me, they carried saggy post-baby bellies, dark circles under their eyes, and purses littered with half-eaten granola bars, loose gummy bears, and tattered tampons. Over many months of Tuesday mornings together, we grew into a pretty close group, shouldering each other's burdens while we passed our tightly wrapped newborns around like joints. We la- <laughs> we laughed and cried, talked and prayed. We shared good recipes and bad weight loss and weight loss advice and we never lacked for butter or carbs or caffeine because someone always showed up with a pile of muffins and the coffee flowed freely it was the land of breast milk and honey (laughs) a small break from the daily grind of laundry and diapers and little runny noses and it's like buds that's not bad writing yeah that's that's pretty pretty good good. writing like it flows well together and so i had to be like a callback there yeah i had a callback and i had to be like shit that's not bad so the story goes that they Steve, her husband, is is kind of shitty and doesn't love the church because he grew up in the church and needed receptance, like he needed approval from everybody else and the church wasn't giving him that. And so he learned to not appreciate the church. But then she brings him into it little by little through not the best ways. And she admits like this wasn't the best way to go about it. They go to Costa fucking Rica to be missionaries on like a vacation. And then they go to be like real missionaries. And this is the best part. 
throughout the book she talks about like how she had a really hard time it's very honest about mental illness and it's like i did not have it the worst in costa rica it's one step above a third world country like there are people who had it much worse but that's depression like it doesn't need you to be the worst in the world to tell you you know and so she's really cool and honest about it and what she what the book comes to the conclusion of is costa rica's for like take costa rica where a lot of mission trip goes it's one of the most Catholic countries in the world. Why are we sending missionaries to Costa Rica? It's a bunch of white people showing up to get pictures, fixing a house that could have been paid, like the money could have gone to Costa Rican construction yeah. workers, but we're doing it for free to get a picture and feel better about it. And so it's like... I do really appreciate that because I hate mission trips for that yeah. specific reason. And that's the like the, the back half of the book is like mission trips are fucking stupid. Yeah. And like there's some like... Hurricane Katrina comes through and you need a bunch of people to just go down and just yes. do the work. And churches are great about organizing the people and going to do work that needs to get done in the moment. But churches are also not so great about vetting. And that's her whole thing is like anybody who says I'll be a missionary gets approved because most people who are uh, good at being a missionary have shit to do. And so they don't raise their hands. And so she says like, we need to start vetting. We need to start getting into it. Like we can't send missionaries to Catholic countries. This is not spreading the word. They already know the word. And so it was actually really good. There was some stuff about like, we really met these friends and we convinced there, it was not, I, I don't want you to think like, this was not a missionary blog post, which she always calls out. Like there's some language missionary. They, they sow seeds yeah. and they reap, you know, soul reap souls is the grim reaper, but whatever. And so there were a little bit about like, we attended a baptism and it really touched my heart. And as a person who really believes, it kind of conflicted that what I personally believe at some time, but I think that if you're going to be into this sort of thing, I think you could do a lot worse than thinking this way. Yeah, the, the, I, I do appreciate the like legitimate critical thinking skills. Yeah. And good writing. And good writing. The worst part is that she's like, I don't have the answers. I don't know what to tell you about how to fix these. And I'm like, some maybe some like a supply side economic or no, <laughs> demand side economics, some no strings attached, you know, fiscal aid, but whatever. I pay a lot more attention to politics than the stay-at-home mom since 17 probably does in her book for a wide audience. So anyway, that was The Very Worst Missionary, which was not the very worst book. So, Lauren, mission failed! Mission failed. I'm so sorry to both Mick and the listeners. (laughs) I fucking suck. I apologize to me. (laughs) <laughs> I'll, just, I'll just go back to the little library and find you something Get else. another one. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, no. Now that you're in the, the groove, we need to get you one. Yeah, now we... Yeah. Is that what's next, Lauren? We get you a book? We'll do that a triangle might trade. might be next. That might be next. I'll might get be Lauren next. one. You do have a flight coming up. I do have a flight coming up. Oh, no. Nick gets you a book. You get oh, me God. a book. I get Nick a book. <gasps> Is it happening? I'll do it. Okay. It's It's commitment on air, folks. All right, so tell me about the multiple word title. Yes. I'm not going to make fun of this book for being Christian. I'm going to make fun of this book for being cheesy as hell. (laughs) Uh, I do want to say there are a lot of youth pastor, I'm edgy moments. And it's like, (laughs) oh, shit, I forgot to tell. This is my favorite part. I'm sorry for interrupting. Now that I've passed the baton, now I'm taking the (laughs) baton back. But uh, she uses fuck and shit a lot. Not a lot, but a suitable amount for an adult person in this book. She never says the word, despite the number of times describing childbirth, a gecko, and pissing herself. Never uses the word vagina or pussy. And it's like, if Does that's... Does she use other, like, cutesy euphemisms? Hoo-ha! Hoo-ha! Land of milk and honey. And so it's like, if that's not the perfect cool Christian, yeah. then I can say fuck and shit, but I can't say... Vagina, the, the medical term. Body that part. Is it. That's all. It. So that's my major have. criticism. Also, is like, hey, I, you have a vagina. That's part of your body. Yeah. You have a you have a uterus. You have a urethra. Like these are the things you have. But as a feminist, I will be taking up the land of milk and honey. I do like yes, land of milk. That is my day to day. Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty good. I love that a lot. That's wonderful. Okay. I instead of describing the plot to you, I'm gonna read the back of the book. Excellent. After a heartbreaking tragedy, youth pastor Jesse Parker. <laughs> This one literally has a youth pastor. And his name was, of course, Jesse. Yeah, it's perfect. Stopped believing he had anything to offer kids. 
working with the boys at Wrangler's Ranch, God. he's slowly beginning it's to trust himself. And when he meets widow Maddie McGregor and her young autistic son, <laughs> his connection with little Noah and his pretty mom is instant. Maddie's heart is as guarded as his own, but as he spends time with the McGregors, helping Maddie in his grand's quilt shop, caring for rescued puppies, and bringing mother and son closer together, he rediscovers his purpose, including an Easter holiday surprise of renewed faith and love. You mentioned puppies. Yes. I made a prediction. You did. On the last episode. You did. That the runt of the litter dies Mm -hmm. and comes back to life. (gasps) It does not. Fuck. Does it die? No. Shit. All the puppy. I mean, the puppies are just sort of background. They're not central to the plot. They all wind up finding good homes. Boring. I know. So, uh, this book is so cheesy. It is just so incredibly cheesy. cheesy. Is it? Um, neither of our main characters own a cell phone, and it is not specifically stated, but it is heavily implied that they are both just too pure. For it. Uh, Wait, do we know what year we're in generally? It's supposed to be like current times. Like they comment on how everyone else has a cell phone. This book was published in 2017. I bet he had a little belt thing. 2017. He had a holster for his cell phone. Put it into his belt holster. Yeah. So Maddie's story Maddie uh, grew up in an abusive home. She married very young to get away from her father. And married a man who was 20-some years older than she was. Uh, He was a pastor. He was kind of an asshole. Listeners. Gross. Yeah. He was kind of an asshole. She was like 17 when she got married. Fucking And he was just very critical of her. He told her that she was not good at being a pastor's wife. Uh, Their son, Noah, was born with autism. Point of order. Yeah. Because this pitch is a bad thing. Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. Um, she's, she's a bad, yeah, like. Yeah, okay. He, He's he, a villain. He is the villain, yeah. Okay. Um, and then their son Noah is born with autism, and that That's, was Maddie's fault. No, yeah. um, well, they, was he vaccinated? They did not mention anything about vaccines. That was your other prediction. Shit! We're neutral. Nothing mentioned. We're neutral <sighs> on vaccines. Um, and so, like, Liam blamed Maddie for that, and. Um, was just, like, a really harsh and severe husband. And so, because of that, she has no confidence. Then Liam died of a heart attack. Good. Oh, God. Uh, so here's Next how... Next is Noah. Here's how we describe Maddie. From Oasis. Some days Maddie almost lost hope that she would ever feel worthy of God's love, that Noah would make friends, relax, and have fun like an ordinary kid. But she didn't often pray about it anymore because she figured Liam was right. God probably wouldn't answer the prayers of someone as unimportant as Maddie McGregor. So self-deprecating, doesn't believe in herself, really low confidence. Perfect for a handsome cowboy. All of those things that she mentions, she's lost hope that she would feel worthy of God's love, Noah would make friends, Noah would relax, and Noah would have fun like an ordinary kid. Do you think those things are going to happen in this book, Lauren? Page. They, They might. On the bright side, the description on the back of the book says that she's pretty. Yeah. She is pretty. You're right. She's pretty. So because she's pretty, that means she's worthy of God. Yeah. Nothing else matters. Nothing else matters. Mm -mm. A regular Ruth. Oh, so this is, Lauren, this is a super common thing in bad Mm -hmm. books is that characters will be described in such vague terms that it's like he was the most handsome man she'd ever seen. But we don't get any other physical descriptions. That's that is the joy of these books, though. It leaves it up to the reader. You get to pick your handsome. My favorite is that in the last book I read, a character was described as having well-developed breasts. Excellent. That was the only description given about the character. We actually get a very detailed description of Maddie. Jessie got trapped admiring the way her chin-length black hair glistened like an ebony frame around her oval face with its huge green eyes. Her lashes, long and lush, helped accentuate the smooth angles and curves of her sculpted cheeks, complemented by a pert nose and full lips. Maddie wasn't tall, yet when Noah was near, she somehow seemed stronger. Invincible. I, Quite the wow. description. Sorry, wow. I uh, heard something about firm and curves and her face, Nick. Oh, sorry. Her face, like the Christian they, hips. They said something about the the hair on her long chin. 
No, it, it like framed her chin. Ah, chin length hair. <laughs> I think it was the, the manager's hair. special. I mean, it was long chin. chin. So Noah, a real Billy Goat. Noah is autistic, and his dad has instilled in him a very specific set of rules. As and I Noah want. believes very strongly that if you don't follow the rules, bad things are going to happen to you. That's autism. And the rules include well, true. that's all. But that's also like what his dad told yeah. him. And so he, like, believes that very strongly, and so even though his dad's been gone for, like, a year, he has, like, he keeps telling Maddie, like, we have to follow the rules. We have to follow the rules. And the rules go from, like, big things all the way down to, like, what kind of peanut butter we have to buy. And she's trying really hard to get him to, like, we don't have to follow the rules all the time. Like, he won't eat candy um, or junk food, and she's trying to get him to, like, relax a little bit. Um, Wouldn't you know it? Jesse's gonna come into their lives and help Noah loosen up. Love you, uh, Pastor Jesse. Jesse used to live in Colorado and he was engaged. He was a youth pastor, but then and this is very sad. One of the kids in his group committed suicide, and he has taken a lot of like the guilt. Like he feels like he should have known and he should have like prevented it from happening. So you're saying that this author does a great job of establishing character without personal dramatic tragedy. No. No, yeah. No, they right. all have a lot of personal we dramatic tragedy. We only can have tragedy. Character is made through tragedy, Susan. Correct. Um so after Scott died, he lost his belief in himself and believes that he failed God. So, Aww. yeah. Uh, he goes to work at this place called Wrangler's Ranch, which is, uh, not described super well, but it's basically, like, a place where troubled kids can go. It's like an after-school program. Mm. But the guy who started it says, I started working with street kids because I was one once and I knew the impact this place could have. And I really want to be like, you were a street kid in rural Arizona? Oh, yeah. Oh, Love them yeah. rural Arizona streets. Oh, yeah. Um, we get, like, there's some stuff that's really nice. Like, there's this line where Maddie is talking to Jesse about, like, what she, what kind of mom she wants to be. And she says, Liam wanted Noah to be a copy of himself. Top of the class, a leader, strong, competent. Um, and Jesse says, and you don't? And she says, I want Noah to be Noah. I want him to experience the joys of life, to feel others' pain so he won't cause it. I want him to grow up understanding that life isn't about being the smartest or the fastest or the richest. I'm determined to help my son realize that when you give to others, you're far richer than any money can make you. I want him to understand that a good friend will help and support you and that you can do the same for him. I want Noah to be the best he can be, whatever that is. The real Jesus stuff. Yeah. and like good But, like, that's a nice mom. That's nice So there's some nice stuff in here. Then it gets real cheesy. (laughs) And that's the thing of, like, yes... Does this Christian book suddenly take a sudden turn into, like, he straddled over her and strokes? <laughs> no. Okay. We get one very chaste kiss with a lot of Jesus in it. Oh. Ah. So, yeah. I can hear it. Okay. So, this is where the cheesiness starts. Um, acceptance. That's what Jesse had offered her as well. Maddie mused as she drove onto her land. Oh, oh. It was the one. I got excited. It was the one thing her father and Liam had never offered. The one thing she so desperately craved. To be accepted for who she was, faults and all. To feel worthy of being loved. And it's just like a lot of that kind of, I don't know, like Christian book cheesiness that happened last That paragraph out and put it during a cunnilinga scene in in most of our books and I think it would fit. Probably. Um, Jesse tells her at one point... No, I'm God- sorry. Just a second. Cunnilingus. One more time. Cunnilingus. Very uncomfortable. God... Like most cunnilingus <laughs> Oh, no. Hey, Mick, God you doesn't what? create failures. I bet not. He, I mean- he knew all about us before we were even born, and he knows what we need to learn. He doesn't mm-hmm. call us dumb. Mm-hmm. One of God's names is Jehovah Shema, which means the Lord is there. We talk a lot about God's names. That part was, a, I, I wasn't super into that part. Why I not? 
I don't know. I just, that's just not my style, I don't think. Well, the weird part is that anybody who uses God's official names is uh, not supposed to use God's official names. But what if he's a youth pastor? Do you, like, do you guys know what God's name in vain actually means? Taking God's name in vain actually means? Mm-mm. What is it? It doesn't mean saying, like, God damn it. Like, that's not what it means to take God's name in vain. It means to say, God tells me to tell you to do this thing. Yeah. That's what it means, is to not use God to back yourself up. Which is what people who say that you what? shouldn't say, God damn it, always do. What? Crazy. Crazy. Mm. Anyway, uh, Orthodox Jews won't, or actually a lot of Jews won't say Jehovah and won't spell God. Interesting. Because they don't want to take his name in vain. He knew the solar system. He knew every single God. star. Yes. Okay. I also he. know that even system. the one scientists were still discovering. Oh, it's just cheesy. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. All right, all right, all right. Let's have a big discussion. Ooh. Oh, okay. There's a lot Ready. of space out there. There's a lot of space out there. Mm-hmm. God made it. Let's say. Yeah. Probably aliens. But, yeah, but for this conversation here, it was God. It was, if it was God that made aliens, are the God or the aliens also sort of some somehow Judeo Christian? And if so, wouldn't it be hilarious if Jesus was an Earth thing because we're terrible, but like the other like Urblocks or whatever the other planet is like actually lived by it, and so they're still Jewish. Yeah, like Jewish. Eve never ate the apple. Yeah, and so, oh, that wouldn't even be Jewish. That would just be like Eden. Yeah. Oh man, that'd be weird. Really I weird. smell a book coming, baby. Write it, Nick. No. <laughs> but now I need it. I need it. I need it. Like SpongeBob and Sandy's Dome. Precisely. Um, I need So, at the end of the book, Noah is working through some stuff. He's mm. starting to understand that he doesn't need the rules, but he's arc. having a yeah. hard time letting them go. He gets upset. He runs away. They're looking for him, and as they're looking for him... Maddie and Jesse declare their love for each other. Very nice. Get it, like, get engaged. And, um... Smooch for the first time. And smooch for the very first time. They shared a sweet kiss that didn't last nearly long enough, but soothed the hearts of both for now. Then Jesse drew back and bowed his head, because after their first kiss, they have to pray over it. God, thank you for Maddie and her love. I don't know why she loves me, but I don't have. But I don't have to. I'll gladly take whatever you give me. Capital he opened y. capital Y. He opened his eyes to smile at her. But now, will you, capital Y, please help us find Noah because we love him and we need him with us to make our family complete. I'm like blackmailing God. Good story. A Good of try. all, you got really distracted and forgot about the missing eight year old. <laughs> You just forgot about the kid. Listen. And that's where, like, it's just cheesy. Like, if you feel like you want to, in that moment, thank God for bringing you into this relationship, that's wonderful. Good for you. Good for you guys. This is just so cheesy. (laughs) Hey, God. Thanks for making us smooch and all. Now I'm going to ask something of you. Yeah. That's God loves that. If I had to pick one thing about the Old Testament God, New Testament God, any Testament God, mm-hmm. the father of Abraham, it would be he loves being told to do things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you want to hear another cheesy thing? So I feel like Fondue. there is a, a flavor of Christianity that is also into extremely old school gender roles. Mm. And apparently... No, I'm sorry. Just one flavor of Christianity that's into this? Yeah. Only one? Only one. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. And so Jesse says to Maddie, I love you. I want to marry you. Not today. You'll be great barefoot. Not even tomorrow. (laughs) Pregnant. First, I want to court you. In front of the oven. Get to know you and Noah better. And maybe wait till you finish that cooking class. Because she's a really bad cook. You know what? That's hot. I don't know. Like the oven. That's yeah. hot. Like uh, the oven, she's learning to cook What I want is a man who I assume has a soul patch <laughs> and cannot cook for himself Yeah. Mm-hmm. to ask a wife to learn how so that he can raise her autistic son who seems to be doing okay already. Yeah. Yep. But she needs him to help her raise her son because he understands She's too boobalicious. 
this uterus of hers mm-hmm. just doesn't allow her to connect he with to, the Lord. He, he, has to, he has to prove to her that mm-hmm. she is a good mom so that she can have his kids too. Yeah. That's it. That's the book. It was really cheesy. That is... The Cowboys Easter Family Wish. Did anything have to do with Easter? Did anybody Oh, die? yeah. What happened on Easter? So they lost... Noah ran away on Easter, so oh. the whole first kiss and getting engaged happened on Easter. That's that was their... The, that's not even the right... That was their Easter Family Wish. That's Noah is a biblical reference. Mm. It's the wrong biblical reference. Noah is about faith and like in general and then just sort of going for it well they called him noah so that jesse could have an inside joke with him he would call him ark man because that's Ah. the way to get kids to connect with you is to give them nicknames and so he called him ark man and helped him understand that he had a love for animals and also that he was a prodigy at the guitar because we can't have uh, a neuroatypical a, character yes, who isn't a savant. Yeah. So he just like picked up a guitar and he watched Jesse play a song one time you and then he had it memorized. Noah is a savant. Yeah. No, Noah of the Bible is definitely not a drunk dude who fights rock monsters and is instead a savant. The Bible is insane. I don't know what we're talking about right now. Noah fights rock monsters. Wow. Um. Wowzers, Bowsers. Yeah. If you guys had to write a book, not a book of the Bible, but a book based on a book of the Bible, what would you do? Which book would I pick? Yeah. Or even just sort of generally. Well, now I'd pick Noah. Mm. I, I think Jonah. Monsters. Jonah. Jonah's not a book of the Bible, but the story of Jonah. The story of Jonah, yeah. yeah. Or I, Job. Job fucked that guy's life, right? <laughs> That's like, kind of the whole point. The whole That's point. the whole story of Job. <laughs> I don't know why that story is. There's multiple books of the Bible that aren't included of, in the Bible. Yeah, for real. It's There's an extra word for it. But there are multiple books of the, the Bible that aren't included in the Bible. They just left them out. Oh, okay. And It's like bloopers or deleted scenes. Sort of, sort of more deleted scenes than uh. bloopers. It wasn't like God actually... Bible flub- bloopers. It wasn't like God flubbed a line. It was like, can we try this again? <laughs> But, like, why of all of them would you, there's, I, I can't think of the word shit, but why would you include Job where God is like, hey, fuck this dude, but watch. <laughs> and then Job's like, damn it, I hate my life. God's so pretty good, though. And, and God's like, yeah, right. And then if that doesn't explain the Jewish view of God, I don't know what does. Because the Job Jewish... and the terrible, horrible, no good, very bad day. Yeah, indeed. <laughs> where his wife dies and stuff. Yeah. I would do Acts. Because Acts is about the history of the early Christian church. And it is viewed as a, a relatively reliable history. And I think it's pretty cool about, except for the scales falling from the eyes, you have to read through the bias. But I think it's a pretty cool story of like, how does it go from being one weird Jewish dude to the Roman Empire? <laughs> and I think that that's a pretty cool transition. Anyway. Anyway. So your faith is important. Uh, I We don't want to talk anything bad about it, but bad books are bad. Yeah, cheesy books are cheesy. There's a lot to say in both of these books for why faith matters to people. Yeah. And why faith is important and why And it why helps. sometimes it's cheesy as hell. And why sometimes it's cheesy as hell. Because a lot of things are cheesy as hell. The Bachelor is secular as, he- as all get out. It's cheesy as hell. And it's cheesy as hell. Lots of things can be cheesy as hell. Uh, churches help in a lot of different ways. My mother is the perfect example in some ways of like a Christian lady. Your mother is a perfect example of a Christian lady where, like, my mom, our, both of our moms volunteer a lot. Mm-hmm. My mom puts, like, sandwiches together for people who don't have school food anymore. Uh, like Your mom uh, makes reusable uh, feminine hygiene products for girls who otherwise would not have access to them and would have to miss school. And indeed, she does. And without a church, sometimes those connections to mm-hmm. those sorts of programs don't happen. And... Sometimes the the whole, uh, by God, if you wear a skirt above your knees, we're going to tarnation your ass, uh, gets in the way of those sorts of things. And so I want to shout out the good things that churches can do. Mm-hmm. But anyway, uh, fuck your book. My book is pretty good. Okay, cool. 
Okay, cool. Here's to that. Uh, Lauren, what are you looking for in a book for me next time? Um, well, so I can participate. No, she's getting uh-huh. a book for me. Oh, I'm you're getting a book for her. Yeah. Shit. That means Susan's getting a book for me, and you're really good at getting a book for no. me. Damn it. Okay. What kind of book are you going to get for me? Oh, I don't even know. I have a really good feeling it'll probably be some awful sort of romance book, though, because okay. they're my gotta favorite. Be, gotta be boning. boning. There will be plenty of boning. Uh, I graphic. already have one picked out for Mick. I won't share too many details, but it is called Voodoo River. Yes. I love that bluegrass band. <laughs> All right, I'll just look up on Amazon the one I'm going to get for Lauren if she's into it. I already have a couple picked out. I started an Amazon uh, list for this. Excellent. And because so, this is just what has happened to our Amazon Yeah, what even is my life anymore? So uh, BiblioVile next up promises us... Oh, I'm going to no. go with Grave Decisions. Ooh. Hellgate Guardians Book 3. And if you would be so kind, Lauren, as to read the description... Ooh, the image is already just smoking hot. Oh, yeah, look hot. at that. Look at that tank top. My name is Medley Bell, and if you told me this la- this time last week that I was a demon, oh, no. then I'd have said you were, a- you were nuttier than a squirrel turd. Of course, that was oh, before no. I started seeing the strangest things. I always have been a little off, but it took stumbling into a backwater bar to understand how different I really am. So when two drool-worthy guys stop by to tell me I'm hell-spawn just like them, I'm more relieved than shocked. I mean, it sure does explain a lot. Now I just have to convince my mama and daddy that they can't come with me on my first trip to hell. Deal with the hellish biological family I never knew I had and keep from getting kidnapped by some weird Morax fella with snakes for hair. Oh, no. <laughs> Things are about to get crazy around here. I guess it's a good thing I like that. I would like to point out that uh, the age level is 18 to 18. <laughs> you can only read this book if you are 18. This is book three. Yes. And it is written by two people, and those two people's names are Ivy Asher, almost certainly a Namde Poon, mm. and Raven Kennedy, mm. who has a profile picture, but is also assumably a Namde Poon. So I look forward to getting more on that book next time. So excited. So excited. Uh, my name is Mick Dickinson. You can find me on Twitter at Dickie Ma. I'm Susan Dickinson. You can find me on Twitter at Susan J. And I'm Lauren Watt, and I keep my social media private. Hell yes. Fair you enough. You can find the Twitter at Bibliovile. And our... And the intro music to our podcast is Babe of the Night by the band Elixir off of their album Rampant. Have a good night, uh, some... Thanks, youth- Lauren. Thanks, Lauren. <laughs>